Hello everybody, and welcome back to Straight Outta Cloin 2.0. And you know what? I was starting to think there was never going to be a time where I would ever say that again. But here we are, return of the Mac, shall we say. I am so excited to be recording this episode. It's a long time coming, I am aware of that. I have been planning this for such a long time. There has been so many planned returns of this show, and we'll get into a little bit of why it didn't come back uh, a bit in this episode, but I'm so bloody excited, and it kind of feels weird, I won't lie, it feels a little bit weird, to peel back the curtain a little bit, despite the fact this is the first episode of Straight Outta Clown 2.0 since, I believe, August of 2023, August, September, something like that. I have still been recording in that time. I have been doing a show for an audience of one, and that's all I'm going to say about that. The person who receives those episodes, he knows who he is. You can probably make a decent guess at who it is. And if you can't, well, then maybe you haven't been listening to this show long enough. But hopefully we can introduce some new people to this show. I don't even know where to begin. I really, really don't know where to begin. Um, I had hoped, as I said earlier, that this show would have came back a lot sooner than it did. And there's a lot of reasons why that didn't happen. There's a couple of times, as I say, where we tried to do it and it didn't materialize. And I suppose that's probably the best place to start this episode. Why did Straight Outta Clawing 2.0 take a bit of a, a hiatus? Well, let's get into the first reason. So, some of you may remember, back around this time last year... I was talking a little bit about my goals for 2023. A lot of them were to do with the podcast. I'm very proud to say that a lot of those goals were accomplished. And I was very, very happy with the fact that I was able to look back on certain things and go, yeah, I I said I was going to do that this year. And I did. Now, just like with anything, you know, there's going to be certain things that you're not going to achieve. And that definitely played in my mind an awful lot. And one of the things that I didn't achieve was probably the growth of Straight Outta Clown 2.0. This all kind of culminated back in April, May of last year, where there was one or two episodes that referenced real-life events from something that, let's be honest, probably shouldn't have been aired on here. But, look, I don't regret it. I think if you know, you know. If you don't know, well, then I apologize. But there was a certain episode on here that ruffled a few feathers. And look, it was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek episode. It was an episode that was done to annoy a couple of people. And I succeeded in that. But I ended up annoying a lot more people than I had anticipated. Uh, I ended up taking that episode down. And still, it wasn't enough for certain people. Which led to another episode where I went into things in a bit more detail. That episode is still up, I refuse to take that one down, but I did take down some of the other episodes that happened after that one, because I felt like after that situation got out of hand, the quality of this show suffered an awful lot, and around that time I left uh, a job which was not putting me in the best headspace, and I think that it kind of just made me not want to do this show anymore, and it wasn't that I didn't love doing this show, it was that... I just didn't have the energy for it. I felt like that I was doing episodes for the sake of doing them. There was one or two times where I was about halfway through recording an episode. And I just stopped because I was like, I don't even believe half the shit I'm saying here. So why should anybody else listen to it? And why should I 
Why should I promote this as decent content? And I knew it was just time to step away for a bit. There was definitely a time period where I thought that maybe the show wasn't going to come back. I think I'd almost made peace with it maybe around August, August, September. Actually, now that I think about it, it was definitely September. And yeah, let, let's, let's get into that story. This is something I've never addressed on here publicly. And uh, if you're a wrestling fan, more specifically a Rebel County wrestling fan, you might be interested to hear this story. But, uh, yeah, there was a certain incident that happened on an RCW show last year, which uh, halted the return of this podcast. So, as you can probably tell from the picture of this podcast, this will eventually be a full-time two-man show. Alex will be joining me on this podcast. He's not going to be on this episode, but he will be joining me for the next one. But that was supposed to happen back in September. And I had a planned for a specific date in September, and that date is escaping me now, but I know it would have been the week after the 10th of September, uh, which I believe was a Saturday, so maybe I think maybe the 16th of September, if that's, if my math is mathing, I think that would have been the following Friday, but regardless of that, it was around that time that I was planning on bringing back this show. And the week before then was an RCW show, which ended up being the final show in the Kino. And that show was main evented uh, by LJ Cleary and Mark Andrews for the RCW title. Now, if you were at that show, or if you've watched that show on YouTube, then you'll know how that show came to an end. Not just with Owen Richards winning the RCW title after cashing in his uh, contract, but also... The fact that I may have made a bit of a mistake in the LJ Cleary Mark Andrews match. Uh, yeah, listen, it was, you know, what happened happened. You know, I don't want to go into too much detail on it, but I did feel like it was worth addressing on here. Uh, that moment was a huge low point in my time in Irish wrestling. And I'm very glad to say there's been few and far between in terms of low moments. I can't speak for anybody else, but there was a weird vibe in the Kino that day. I don't know, was it because the previous show was supposed to be the final one in the Kino, and then all of a sudden we were doing another show in the Kino, and it was under different management, and the place kind of looked a bit different, and so on and so forth. But that moment was a real, real low point. Now, first of all, I have to say, the amount of people who reached out afterwards meant a lot. Not just, you know fans but you know wrestlers um you know people involved in the industry like some people who you know um you know cover rcw shows and wrestling in general a lot of people were very very um were very very good with the messages they sent to me in the few days afterwards and i know i didn't respond to everybody i know i didn't actually read all the messages or sorry excuse me i didn't actually um respond to all the messages i should say but if you're one of those people who reached out I really, really do appreciate it, and it meant a lot. As much as it was a low point, I think I dealt with it quite well. Because I had to think about it this way. If you had told me back in 2019 that four years later, my biggest worry in life was going to be the fact that I made a mistake on a wrestling show in a world title match with a former WWE and TNA wrestler, yeah, I probably could have lived with that. So, listen, more important things in life, bigger things to be worrying about. 
what happened happened. I remember, you know, the next day I felt like crap, obviously. Threw a bit of a pity party for myself. But I think it actually did me well in the long run. And, yeah, like, I can't really say much more than that. Uh, I had a lovely moment on uh, New Year's Eve where I had actually reached out to Mark Andrews, or actually maybe it was the day before New Year's Eve, I reached out to Mark Andrews, who I hadn't spoken to since that show, and he sent me back a lovely message. And can I just say, first of all, he made me feel so much better about that incident after the fact. Uh, I met him in the the dressing room afterwards, and I actually went over to apologize to him. And the first thing he said was, for what? Which... Just goes to show the type of guy that he is. Absolutely fantastic human being. Fantastic wrestler as well. Um, and he... Yeah, he really went uh, up in my estimation after that show. Uh, a, a joy to work with. Such a shame how that match had to finish. Look, you know, there was there was a few things going on that day. It was quite a hectic day, as I say. Bit of a strange vibe. And a bit of a miscommunication in terms of what the, the finish was supposed to be in the main event. I take responsibility for my part. Listen, I should have just, I should have just counted to bloody three. You know, it was, it was on me. Uh, a, a, a mistake that, a mistake that haunted me after it happened. But I was able to overcome it, and it's definitely made me. I think it's made me a better referee in the long run. You know, sometimes you have to have something like that happen to really make you more aware of what you're actually doing, if that makes sense. And I think that. I remember Finn Balor said it in his documentary, the 24-7, no, the WWE 24 documentary back in 2017. You know, to shoot an arrow, you got to pull it backwards. And that, I think, was, you know, very present. That saying was very present in my mind back during that time period. But because I wasn't feeling great after that incident in the, you know, the immediate aftermath, it kind of put me off doing this show at that stage i just don't think i would have been in the laughy jokey mood that i normally am on this show so i think that it probably wouldn't have been the right decision to bring the show back uh, at that point but not too long after that i started a new job which i'm still in and it's going very very well and i'm very very pleased to say that and yeah like that's that's kind of why i took the break when i did you know i i had the summer off from work from yeah literally from may up to October, I was just off completely, and even though towards the end I was going mad, I think it was actually something that did me really well in the long run again. I was able to do a lot of things that uh, that I wouldn't have been able to do had I not been off. Uh, a lot of really cool things were able to happen, like bringing my siblings to their first ever WWE show, which was really, really cool. Obviously, refereeing some of the RCW shows where I you know, didn't make a mistake in the main event. Uh, I got to meet people like Mark Goldbridge, at United Stand shows, which was really, really cool. Like, he's someone who I never thought I'd ever get the chance to meet. And uh, what an absolute gentleman as well. And yeah, like, it's it's actually crazy when I think about how much has happened since I last, like, properly did an episode on here compared to when I, you know, was doing episodes quite regularly. I know I did that episode with Ryan Bell, that interview, uh, which I think was actually the week before that RCW show, wasn't it? So I thought, oh, that'll be a nice way to kind of get used to recording again, and then we can get back into the show fully, but it just didn't happen. And uh, yeah, here we are now, and we're back. We are back. I'll talk about future plans uh, maybe towards the end of this episode, but there are some things happening right now that I thought would be worth getting into, and you know, some some things that have uh, 
happened, as I say, since I last started recording. And the first thing I want to talk about, that I'm really glad I get to talk about on a public platform for the first time, is that I have watched and completed Breaking Bad. Oh my god, lads. What a fucking show. So, bit of a confession that I think I've actually made on this show before and previous shows. I've never been a big TV series guy. I've never really been one to watch TV series. It's just not really been something I've ever had a big interest in. I have watched them. I remember I really liked Hannibal when that was on. um, What channel was that even on back in the day? Whatever channel it was on. I used to really, really like Hannibal up until the third season I thought was kind of crap. Uh, obviously, when Love Hate was on, I tuned in for that. Um, I don't really count things like sitcoms, like South Park or The Simpsons or anything like that. But I've just never been a big TV series guy. And Breaking Bad was something that many, many moons ago, when it was all the rage, I was like, "Fuck it, let me turn it on and see what all the fuss is about." I think it was TG Cahar. It was actually on. It was just some random episode, and I tuned into it for like three minutes and I was like nah I don't really get this because a series I just left out there was Law and Order Special Victims Unit that was probably the last series I got like really really into when I was in Manchester last year every time I was back in the hotel I was watching episodes of Special Victims Unit like you know that was that was my jam back in the day and the thing about Law and Order Special Victims Unit is the fact that a lot of the episodes don't bleed into each other So you can just turn on any random episode and get a gist of what's going on. Yeah, Breaking Bad's not like that. You have to watch it from the beginning to understand it. And if I could go back and tell 14 or 15 year old me, you really, really need to give this another chance. Like, I I would jump at the opportunity. But what happened was, Michael Bisping, who I've obviously referenced on here quite a bit, my favorite UFC fighter of all time, and the host or one of the hosts of my favorite podcast, the Believe You Me podcast, he loves a TV series, and he loves, you know, a good movie. And he was talking to his co-host, you know, UFC uh, light heavyweight uh, contender Anthony Lionheart-Smith, who, like me, is not a big TV series guy. I think Michael Bisping had quoted Breaking Bad, and Anthony Smith had uh, said that he'd never seen it before. And then Brian and Harrington, the two producers, they jumped on the show and started telling Anthony Smith, you gotta watch it. You really have to watch it. Like, you will thank us later. Just watch Breaking Bad. Trust us on this. Bisping was obviously giving this spiel as well. And Anthony Smith said, okay, for Monday's episode, I'll have started watching season one. And I had just subscribed to Netflix, which I hadn't been subscribed to in bloody years, for the David Beckham documentary. And I knew that Breaking Bad was on Netflix because I saw it pop up on my um, recommended every kind of every time I would log into Netflix. And I thought, fuck it. Let's give it a go. Let's give Breaking Bad a go. Let's see if it's as good as everyone made out. I started Breaking Bad on the 6th of November, 2023. I had all five seasons watched within a month. When I tell you, it absolutely blew my mind. Understatement of the century. Like, the evolution of the character Walter White was so absolutely beautifully told. And I felt like every character 
had a purpose. You know, some shows, characters are just kind of there. The only exception I will say is Marie. Marie I found a little bit confusing. And I still really don't quite get why... I know why she was there. She was She's obviously Hank's wife. But at the same time, there were just certain moments in the show where like, she was stealing stuff randomly. Sorry if I'm spoiling it. That just didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And I'm not going to spoil like the ending of Breaking Bad because if you have not seen Breaking Bad, please take the advice that I took and watch it. Give it a chance. Listen, I get it. It's not going to be for everybody. But I really think if you give it a chance, it'll be worth it. But as I was saying, you know, the, the, the evolution of the character of Walter White was just phenomenal. Like, every episode had me going, what happens next? Okay, now what happens? Okay, now what happens? I need to see what happens next. Like, the amount of nights where I would binge watch it. There were times where I would be sitting at my desk, like, you know, doing my notes or whatever. And even though I'm, you know, trying to focus on my work, Breaking Bad was all I could think about. Like, I would honestly say I was thinking about it more than United playing that weekend or, you know, SmackDown being on Friday. That's how much it was occupying my mind. And when it ended, like, I actually got kind of emotional. I co- I was actually gutted it was over. Like, it just absolutely fantastic series. Cannot recommend it enough. And I am currently on season six of the spin-off of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. Again, another amazing series. I've seen some people say they prefer it to Breaking Bad. I'm not one of those people. I would still say Breaking Bad is my number one. But Better Call Saul is... Better Call Saul, for me, is what Metal Gear Solid 3 is to Metal Gear Solid 2. It's so agonizingly close between the two of them. But I'd still just give the nod to Breaking Bad like I would to Metal Gear Solid 2. And that moves me on nicely to the next kind of point of conversation the next thing that i've done since uh since we were last on here is i've completed metal gear solid one for the very first time i never thought i would say this never in a million years that i think i would say this i can now understand why some people prefer metal gear solid one to metal gear solid two again i'm not one of these people metal gear solid two is still number one to me and i think it always will be But getting to play through Metal Gear Solid 1 for the first time ever, even though I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, grew up playing 2 and 3, I had never played through Metal Gear Solid 1. The Master Collection obviously came out for the PS5 back in October. And first thing I did was play through Metal Gear Solid 2, then played through Metal Gear Solid 3, and from the new year up until, I think it was last week, yeah, up until last week, I was playing through Metal Gear Solid 1, And so many things now that didn't make sense before in Metal Gear Solid 2 make complete sense now. Boy, it was one hell of an adjustment trying to play a PS1 game in 2024, though. I have to say that. It was very, very challenging, to say the least. The controls were a little bit clunky in comparison to to today's kind of smoother controlling, you know, experience. But I will say that another... Just absolute classic game that I've been wanting to play for years. And again, if you haven't played it, do yourself a favor and play it. Okay, I was aware of some of the things that happened in it because obviously stuff like Psycho Mantis and, you know, um, what else? Like, fucking, yeah, just Metal Gear Solid 1 in general. Like, it's, it's obviously such a huge thing in pop culture that some of the things I was already kind of aware of in it 
but I was glad I got to experience it firsthand as opposed to, you know, watching Porig or Alex uh, play it or, you know, watching a YouTube playthrough of it. And I was very proud. I very, very rarely had to use the internet to help me get through Metal Gear Solid. There was one or two codec codes that I had to look up on Google. There was one or two YouTube walkthroughs where I had to figure out where the fuck I was going. But other than that, I was actually able to do most of it on my own. So, that's quite a big achievement for me. Which may sound kind of sad when I say it out loud. But hey, take every victory that you can. Next thing on my gaming agenda, 100%, is Mortal Kombat 1. Which I have already started playing. I started the story mode just after Christmas. But I got so into Metal Gear Solid 1 that I just never got around to playing Mortal Kombat 1 again. So that's definitely next on the agenda. A lot's happened in WWE and UFC since we've last spoke. I have had all of the emotions with CM Punk's return to WWE. Obviously, he has just announced that he will not be at WrestleMania 40. Which, lads, when I tell you that this broke my heart like I just I don't think that there's enough words in the English language for me to describe the heartbreak CM Punk everyone knows what an absolute hero of mine um, that he is like he is just somebody who I've idolized for so long like back in the day I was straight edge man back when I was like 14 um, the punk especially as I say as a teenager I just idolized him so much and obviously when he left in 2014 I was very sad even though I'm not a huge fan of AEW these days, his initial return in AEW literally made me cry. After seven years away from the business, seeing my hero come back to the industry was so amazing. And I enjoyed his initial run there, even though I thought after a while, AEW did what they always do. They made him just another guy on the roster, which I think is what they've done with Edge now. Or excuse me, Adam Copeland. <coughs> excuse me. But, uh, you know, I digress. But then CM Punk at Survivor Series makes his WWE return after almost 10 years. Arguably the greatest return of all time. The loudest return of all time. I'm like, oh my god, Punk's actually going to come back, compete at WrestleMania, maybe win, or excuse me, be in the main event and win the WWE title after all these years. Comes back at the Royal Rumble. Tears his tricep. And unfortunately, he will not be at WrestleMania. And this is made all the more heartbreaking because I will be at WrestleMania this year. Yes, I will be in attendance in Philadelphia, which I'm still absolutely buzzing for. But the fact that I thought I was going to get to see CM Punk again and it's not going to be happening is really, really heartbreaking. But still, I'm very, very excited for WrestleMania. My first time ever going to see it live. And WrestleMania 40 as well. You know, I remember getting WrestleMania 24 uh, on DVD back in 2004. I remember watching WrestleMania 30 live where The Undertaker's streak ended and just being absolutely just blown away. And now, here I am, WrestleMania 40. I will be there live in attendance. Big shout out to WrestleTours for supplying me with the package. Cannot wait. And I can't wait to talk about uh, all about it on here. Um... Yeah, like, I think I might have already mentioned that the last time I recorded an episode, but if not, there's a bit of breaking news for you. I will be at WrestleMania 40. Now, it would be remiss of me not to mention the scandal that's been happening at the moment with Vince McMahon and, uh, Vince McMahon and co, I have to say. (coughs) Excuse me. 
Probably should have mentioned at the start of this that I have a bit of a cough, so if you've noticed a few edit points in here, it is because I have to pause it every time I feel that cough coming on, so I do apologize. And sometimes I'm just not quick enough to get the pause button. But thankfully I was quick enough there, so that, you know, I was able to stop it before you heard me cough that time. But yeah, Vince McMahon has obviously landed himself in a bit of hot water again. Look, Vince never should have came back. You know, after he left in 2022, that should have been that. The company had moved on. The company was going in a very good direction. Everything was running smoothly. He didn't need to come back. He had done everything there was to do. The right time to pass it on to somebody else was there. So when he did come back in 2023, it just felt a bit like, uh, kind of feels like you've done a complete U-turn. It's like you've been going down like this lovely, lovely road where you can see you know, a, a bright sky in the distance, lovely sun with a rainbow over it and everything. Like, you're driving towards that. And then he did a complete U-turn and drove off a cliff. Like, the, the, the content for me didn't suffer from it. But you could tell that his influence was very much back. But then when I started seeing this stuff leak out, it was it made for harrowing reading. It really, really did. It was It was very tough to digest. Obviously, look, it's in the court of law now, so we'll see what the outcome is. But I think, you know, fair play to to, um, to Nick Khan and fair play to, uh, you know, TKO for the decision they made. I know some people have questioned the morals of it since they only did it after a sponsor pulled out. Obviously, that sponsor being Slim Jim for the Royal Rumble. But listen, it, it's, it's a business at the end of the day. That's what they're going to do. Um, you know, the, the company will always come first. But I thought they reacted the proper way i thought they reacted the correct way and you know look we'll, we'll see what happens we'll, we'll see what happens uh as i say it just made for some harrowing reading and i i still have to say if the allegations are true because as i say it's in the court of law then like it's going to be very very hard to go back and watch any old wwe show with vince mcmahon on it you know, it really will be, and he's on a fucking lot of them, obviously. It was his fucking company. And it is crazy to think that at this moment in time, there is no McMahon in charge of WWE. Some people will count Triple H as a McMahon, but no, he's married to a McMahon, so it's it's different, all right? He's a Levesque, or a Helmsley, whatever you want to say. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, yeah, like, it's not really something I want to talk about too much because it is quite tough to talk about, but... Let's just say I'm glad he's not running day-to-day operations anymore. I think I spoke about the WWE-UFC merger last time. Uh, Not in the last episode, but the last time I was recording these shows. Yeah, that would have happened... That was around this time last year. It was just after WrestleMania last year, so... So yeah, it's something I probably would have spoken about. Um, It's still pretty crazy to think that WWE and UFC are under one parent company now. It is really strange. And another thing that I found really strange is the fact that The Rock obviously recently became a board member of TKO. And it's only now that The Rock has now gotten the... He now owns the intellectual property of the name The Rock. I can't believe he didn't already have that. That was pretty crazy. But listen, good for him. Like, that's something that uh, I would have thought he already had. But he has it now, so good for him. 
And that's pretty crazy as well, just seeing, like, you know, pictures of, like, Triple H and The Rock wrestling as Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Rocky Maivia back in, like, 1996. And now you see them in 2024. Triple H, Chief Content of- um, Officer. The Rock, you know, one of the most, if not the most famous man in the world. And, you know, just a, a megastar in Hollywood. And a board member of the parent company of WWE. It's crazy how life can take you in those directions. It really, really is. But <coughs> didn't have time to hit the pause button there. I apologize. Uh, that moves me on to the UFC side of things. Obviously, UFC 300 will be the week after WrestleMania. At the time of recording, which is Tuesday the 30th of January, the main event still is yet to be announced. But I'm still kind of leaning the fact or still leaning towards the fact, not the fact, I'm still leaning towards the thought of it being Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. Like, that fight needs to happen. You know what I mean? They did the Ultimate Fighter season. There was a bit of tension there. They've been going back and forth on social media. Let's just do it. And Conor is yet to fight on a landmark UFC card, like, you know, number-wise, like a milestone card, like 200. I know he was originally supposed to fight on 200, but obviously didn't, um, so it would be cool to see him fight uh, at UFC 300. Like, it is crazy to think that Conor has not fought in three years. That's something that is pretty mental, but I think that UFC UFC 300 would be the the correct place to have him return. Yeah, okay, there are you know, title fights happening on the UFC 300 card, but Conor McGregor, for me, like that, he'll always be the main event on any pay-per-view card that he's a part of. No offense to any title holders, but I don't think you can have Conor McGregor be on a card and not be the main event. And I think it would be great for Michael Chandler as well, you know. Um, you know, Funnily enough, Michael Chandler made his debut on the same card that Conor McGregor lost to Dustin Poirier in the rematch. So that's quite interesting. You know, they have that kind of parallel there. As I said, they did the Ultimate Fighter season together. So I'm quite anxious to see that fight. I think it makes for an interesting fight. It really does, especially with Connor being out of the octagon for as long as he has been now. So, hopefully that happens. If it doesn't happen at UFC 300, I still think it will happen this year. But I hope it happens at UFC 300. I really, really hope it does. Something else has happened since I last recorded an episode, which I was starting to believe was never going to happen. GTA 6 has been announced for 2025. And from that first trailer, lads, it looks phenomenal everyone knows the special place that gta 5 holds in my heart it just it just does i fucking love that game so much and it will always be my favorite gta but i would be lying i would be lying if i said that gta 6 didn't make me even more excited than i was when gta 5 was announced and that was a tough sentence for me to admit that's why there was a few pauses in there because uh, do you know what? when gta 5 was announced i remember saying that and it's kind of weird because now i've done a complete u-turn on this i remember saying no matter how good they make the graphics or how good you know the the story might be nothing would be gta san andreas but gta san andreas wasn't even my favorite gta when the ps2 was the the current console you know vice city was my shit so I don't even know why I was saying stuff like that about San Andreas. But then I played GTA 5. I actually didn't play it until 2015. So two years after it came out. Or, you know, a year and a half after it came out. <coughs> Excuse me. And it just absolutely blew me away. Like, I remember 
at that year's WrestleMania, Seth Rollins cashed in his money in the bank to become WWE champion. And Michael Cole said, Seth Rollins with the heist of the century. And I was playing through GTA 5 when he said that, like around the time that he said that. And I was like, oh, because your GTA 5 is all about heists. Like that line like resonated with me even more than it already would have. Um, but yeah, like I, like GTA 5 was something that just, like I have played through that game countless times i've passed excuse me i've played through that game more times than any other game i've ever played including games like metal gear solid or you know mortal kombat and there's a part of me that is worried that gta 6 will be better than it and i know you should always want the next game to be better but i'm like i just i don't like the thought of gta 5 not being my favorite gta so it's a stupid thing that's playing on my mind but it's playing on my mind nonetheless but no it will be interesting to see um the character arcs with Jason and uh, Lucia. First time we have a female, um, you know, main character in the game, which is kind of exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. It is kind of annoying that we have to wait till 2025, but I get it as well. You know, they had the, the teaser trailer, I think was in like November or December, and now they have a full year to build up to GTA 6. I swear to God, though, if it's late 2025... I'll be fucking pissed off. <laughs> like, you know, don't make... You've made us wait long enough. Don't have to make us... Don't make us have to wait even even longer than we already do. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Absolutely buzzing for it. See, as you can tell in this episode, I am trying to squeeze so much content into, you know, around, you know, anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour. And uh, it's starting to catch up with me now. I, I suppose because... Look, as I said, I, I didn't think I, it would have taken me this long to start recording an episode again. And uh, I'm a little bit... I was a little bit afraid doing this episode for that reason. Um, as I say, I've been doing the, the episodes for one. Which one day I will reveal what those episodes are uh, on here. I'm making it sound a lot more like raunchy than what it actually is. It's not, it's no, it's not, it's not like a, an OnlyFans or anything. It's literally... Fuck it, I may as well say it. I, my best friend Porig. Fuck it, I'm just going to reveal the secret already. My best friend Porig, who I've referenced on this show countless times. Someone who I would like to get on this show in the not-too-distant future. I've been sending him a series of episodes called Straight Outta Cloyne After Dark. Again, it's not as raunchy as it sounds. But it's essentially just me giving him updates on my life whilst he goes about his day. Because... I just kind of, you know, I was already kind of doing it anyway. I was sending him, like, what... It started for me doing WhatsApp voice notes. And these would be lengthy enough voice notes. And I remember one day I was recording one, and I was just kind of thinking away to myself as I was doing it. Maybe I should start, like, just doing, like, regular podcast episodes, but I'll only send them to Porig. And probably not the best thing to admit on this show, but they've been some of my favorite podcasts to do. They really, really have been. And... Yeah, fucking shout out to Porig. Straight out of Cloyne After Dark. It's been such a bloody... It's It's been so much fun to record. And I think that also kind of scared me when it came to doing this show again. Was the fact that obviously on the After Dark episodes, I can open up a little bit more because I'm just talking to my best friend. Not saying that I don't open up on here, but I think that because this is for a wider audience... You have to be a little bit more careful about what you say, you know, and I, and I am aware of that. And that's definitely made it a, a little bit um, frightening doing this again. But I think I'm 
getting rid of some of the ring rust, you know, dusting off the old microphone. Even though this is a new microphone, it is a T-Bone microphone, which is what I had before, but it's a different make of one. And uh, it's definitely a better one than what I had before. Oh, something I suppose I didn't talk about actually on here that would be quite... I suppose could be quite interesting to talk about is the fact that uh, the Middleton floods happened. And obviously, you know, Cloyne just out the road from Middleton, so I think it can be a relevant thing to talk about, considering I had to fucking walk through those floods. So Cloyne itself wasn't too badly affected by the floods overall. Uh, Middleton obviously was very badly affected by it, to the point where some businesses have just completely closed, and uh, it was very, very sad to see. But I was also one of the people who had to walk through the fucking swimming pool that was going through the main uh, town, through the, yeah, the main street of Middleton. It was a scary sight, seeing, like, people in their cars fucking floating in this, in this swimming pool, as I say. And, yeah, it was a pretty dark time for East Cork. And East Cork is something that's had a lot of shit happen in it recently. Obviously, currently in the news, there's this thing about the, the body that was found on the Middleton Whitegate Road. Fucking, I mean, I've dro- I've driven down that road so many times. Well, I don't drive, but you know what I mean? I've been driven down that road so many times. And to think that there were human remains there for however long they were there, and I would have, you know, gone past there is quite fucking eerie. But yeah, the, the Middleton floods were just, it, it, was, it was like something out of a fucking horror movie. I remember saying that about COVID when it first came out. Like, it felt like, you know, Felt like a horror film come to life. But uh, just to see so many, you know, small businesses affected by it and, you know, places closing down, businesses closing down, people's houses getting ruined. I think it really made me kind of take, not take things for granted uh, anymore. Um, It just kind of goes to show that just like that, your whole livelihood can be ruined in an instant. Thankfully, I wasn't one of those people, but I, I unfortunately got to see that up front. You know, the job I'm currently doing at the moment, I speak with a lot of people who are affected by the floods, and it is quite harrowing. And I suppose I took a very important message from it. It was to, yeah, not take things for granted. And I think I had another moment as well that... I was going to save this for another episode, but I, I think this is something that um I kind of want to talk about on here. Look, you know, as great as it was to have a bit of time off last year, um, there were definitely dark moments where I kind of went, Jesus, like, it's it's kind of hard to find a reason to, you know, get up in the morning and be motivated, um, to be motivated by something. And, you know, 2023 was a year where I put a lot of pressure on myself. And there was a specific reason for that. And... It's a reason that I probably allowed to take over more than I should, but yeah, look, let, let's just get into it. I'm, I'm, I'm beating around the bush an awful lot here. Let me just get into it. <coughs> Excuse me. So, a lot of you will know my biological father is someone who, even though he didn't have a, you know, he wasn't a part of my life. I've referenced him a few times on here, and if you don't know. Well, then you're about to know, my biological father died at the age of 25. And not only did he die, he took his own life. And 2023, I turned 25 years old. 
And I kind of had it in the back of my head, you know, wow, like I'm going to be the same age now that my dad was when he passed away. I have to make sure this year is the best fucking year possible. And I got to do all these things. I have to achieve all these things. And, you know, I just got to make sure that I can make up for the time he lost at 25, which was a very weird way of thinking about it. But that was my mentality throughout the year. And I think as a result of that, I took on a bit too much. Like, I was doing this show, I was streaming over on YouTube, obviously refereeing wrestling shows, I was training in jiu-jitsu, um, fucking, what else was I doing? I was doing a lot. I was really, really doing a lot. And when I went through that kind of rough period from my last job, and when this show had ruffled a few feathers um, as well, I kind of, you know... I took a step back from everything and, you know, took a break and just, as I said, just pretty much took the summer off. And as great as it was, there were some dark days. And there was a lot of days where I would feel really down and go, fucking hell, man. Like, I just, I why the fuck am I not doing more? Like, I, I said this year was going to be, you know, tw- 25 is going to be the best year of all time and that I had to do everything within the 365 days of being 25 years old because... My dad didn't do that, as I nearly knock over my phone. My dad didn't do that, so I need to do that. And then the closer it got to his anniversary, I was starting to kind of realise that that was not the right approach to take to it. And I had never once gotten emotional on my dad's anniversary, because I didn't know him. He wasn't a part of my life. But this year, or well, last year technically... Yeah, I shed a few tears. And it was almost like, for the first time in my life, whilst I still can't really understand why he ended up doing what he did, I could understand more why somebody that age could feel like they had nobody to turn to or felt like that they weren't doing enough or felt like that they weren't enough for other people. For the first time in my life, I got it. I understood it. And that was a very... I don't want to say a nice moment, but it was a very relieving moment. And I think a lot of the the grief I would have held towards him, I think a lot of the the bad kind of energy I would have kept inside, I think I allowed myself to let go of it. Because I've had a very, very strange, you know, I don't want to say, again, relationship is probably the wrong word, but I've had a very strange feeling of emotion towards my dad. Very, very mixed. It's it's not love, and it's not hate. It's it's somewhere in the middle. It, it, and it's but not like your normal like oh I could take him or leave him it's kind of more like a, I don't know how I should feel because technically without him I wouldn't be here but also he was never here <laughs> so like it's 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 just that weird kind of thing and I think putting that pressure on myself of I'm going to do all these things this year because he didn't do all the things when he was 25 and ended up you know having 25 be his last year I, I think I, I I had the wrong attitude when it came to that, uh, when it came to, to using that as motivation. 
And what I realized was, and I, I realized this on the day of his anniversary, like, there's so much living to be done beyond 25. And to try and get everything done within one year, no matter what age you are, it's not the best mentality to have. It's not the best approach to have to it. Do as much as you can. And if you didn't get to achieve something within that time frame, so what? You can do it the following year. So, whilst I didn't get to achieve everything that I set out to achieve, it was nice to kind of realise, well, you know, I'm 26... I was going to say next month, but this month, by the time this comes out, because it'll be the 2nd of February. But, you know, I'm 26 this month. I have those extra years ahead of me that he didn't have. <laughs> Touch wood, anyway. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, that was something that was was kind of a... It, it was a very... Very strange experience, but I think a positive one overall. And, uh, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to end this episode now because I've definitely tried to squeeze way too much in here for the first episode back of Straight Outta Cloin 2.0, but it is good to be back. It is good to be back. And you know what? Actually, before I finish, let's talk about the future of this show. So, even though last time I was, you know, doing this show (coughs) full-time, excuse me, I had a set schedule. It was every Friday I would do an episode. Obviously, there was extra episodes here and there, but the traditional episode schedule was every Friday. That ain't going to be the schedule anymore. I know this episode is on a Friday, but that's not going to be the way I do it going forward. I'm not really going to have a set schedule going forward, Um, especially now that this is going to be a two-man show. Whenever me and Alex get a chance to record an episode, we're going to do it. Eventually, I would like that to become more of an organized schedule. But for right now, I'm just going to do it when I feel like doing it. Whenever me and Alex get that chance to record, we'll take it and check out my social media accounts for when those episodes may be. And I suppose that's something else that I've taken a bit of a step back from a social media because it can absorb your whole life. Sorry, your whole life can revolve around it is what I should say. So I've definitely become a lot better at kind of managing my time on social media. And it's definitely done my head a lot of good. Let me tell you that much. So as far as when the next episode's going to be, I really don't know right now at the time of recording. But I'll tell you, I can tell you this, it won't be too far away. And it will be with me and Alex. And those episodes were always the most fun episodes to do when it was me and Alex. And that was something I kind of wanted to make a point of with Straight Outta Clown 2.0. I don't want this to be a one-man show anymore. I think I, I think that ran its course. I think this show ran its course being a one-man show. I think we needed someone else. I, I think that those were the episodes that people enjoyed the most. Those are the episodes I enjoy recording the most. Apart from, you know, After Dark. <laughs> and I think it's definitely the best way going forward. So I will let you all know when that's going to be. There will be no more classic wrestling promos at the end of every episode, mainly because I've kind of started running out of classic wrestling promos, although there has been some very good modern ones, but I think I want to leave that in the past as well. Uh, this is, you know, a new era, a new dawn of Straight Outta Coin 2.0. I'm very much looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Thank you all for listening, and me and Alex will see you on the next one. Take care. <laughs>